in the kilted kangaroo, which is uh, pretty interesting. I'm Scotland. This is uh, David Dowie on uh, on the telegrams. Hello, hello. Yeah, and as you can see from the thumbnail, he is the banker. A little bit uh, of disclosure. Uh, <laughs> he, he's a payment specialist, a sort of going to introduce himself in a bit. Yes. So it's a little bit clickbaity. So if you came here for a banker, you can leave right now, which is fine. Yeah. Um, this is vacation programming. So we're going to have a, a wee little pint. We just had a little bit of dinner here. Um, we also have a really interesting story because of the first day here, I went and got some groceries and I cut, went two corners. And there was this guy in a white car and he was like looking at me while he was like, intended to cross an intersection. I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? So I crossed this car and looked in like, don't know what that is. And I heard, you're no. What? You're no. So I walked up to the car and opened the window. It's like, hey, aren't you you're no for the coffee show? So this man. <laughs> Cheers. Also, also a Scotsman, obviously, in Dundee, recognized me apparently. I was like, hey man, how you doing? Where are you going? You need a ride. And uh, well, it was fucking amazing. Unfortunately, he cannot listen in because we only have like two earbuds and we're attempting shit with the mic. So if you hear background noises, we're in a fucking pub. And um, yeah, man, we'll just make do or whatever it is. So we've been doing great. Um, been drinking a lot, yes. been eating a lot, went fishing yesterday, and we're going to be out of dinner tonight again, and then tomorrow, and probably went up to Saturday. So that's why we look a little bit tired. Yes. You climbed the hill. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you climbed this hill, right? So. Yeah. 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 We went up to Loch Brande. I was breathing out my arse. I was very tired <laughs> and you've just got Yarno sprinting up this hill dude calm down a bit <laughs> but we got there we did a bit of fishing on the uh on Loch Brandy that was a lovely spot and um we didn't catch any well we caught a pike but the pike kind of jumped off the hook um that was our mm. closest yeah um, so we lost the pike yeah yeah but we got an A for effort and we actually confirmed that we hadn't been fishing there three hours for for fuck all there was actually fish yeah it didn't look like it but there were so, yeah, this was our uh, introduction. How are things yeah. on your end, too? <laughs> it's a bit more boring on this side. Uh, it's just been a week. Uh, last week, when you heard me the last time in English. Good job on the Dutch episode, by the way, dude. Uh, yeah. You fucking yeah, nailed yeah. that with Nils. It's really good. Yeah, exactly. So, like, the last time you heard me in the Dutch uh, English episode, I was, I was tired. Just came back from holidays. Uh, now, I'm back for a week already. Then last Tuesday, uh, well, Jarno was in Scotland, so I had to do the Dutch episode on my own. And I was looking, I was scrambling for guests. At the end of the day, uh, Niels came there to save me. Uh, and, and well, we recorded a two-hour episode. And I think uh, yeah. not having Jarno as my co-host, uh, well, yeah. works pretty good. Uh, Niels was a really lovely guest. We talked for two hours. And I think it was still very interesting stuff that we produced. So... That yeah. was great. And well, in general, yeah, just a week has passed. Uh, nothing interesting happened really here. Cool, man. So yeah, yeah we're going to do, do that a little bit more often because we're going to have another guest in uh, next week. And, and, yeah. and Tim probably won't be on the show either. Um, we're going to keep a little bit on the wraps um, who the next guest is. But um, it's a much requested one. And if everything goes well, he'll be here and you'll see it back, uh, when it happens. 
It's not Gilbert, is it? <laughs> not it's yet. not Gilbert. No, no. <laughs> not, not yet. So what, what are we going to do today? So we're going to have obviously a little, little chat. We're going to look at the price maybe a bit. Tim will do all the screen sharing stuff. And obviously yeah. we've got the payment specialist here. So we're going to have a stab at how payments actually work at a bank and the MasterCard stuff behind it, et cetera. Yeah. So why did you tell something about yourself, man? So, yeah, the uh, the clickbait title, I'm, I'm not a banker. When you, when you say banker, it makes you think I'm some sort of investment specialist. That's not me. Uh, I fixed MasterCard problems, you know, for a merchant bank. So, uh, yeah, so point of sale, uh, where the money goes from the, the terminal into your bank account. That's that's what I'm a specialist in. Um, and so what I'm going to discuss is actually the steps for how settlement happens, you know, the, the different stages of a, a card payment uh, and just how old and antiquated it is. I don't think anyone really realizes just how slow the process is uh, to, to fully settle a, a transaction over MasterCard. Uh, and it just doesn't make any sense. It's 2022 and we're using... Um, outdated technology for the night the 90s um so yeah yeah, um, yeah. we'll go through the slides that'll help me kind of structure how to this is going to be one of the most chaotic episodes but it's also one of the best prepared because he actually made a powerpoint so no, I, he acquired yeah a powerpoint and, uh, full, full disclosure, I didn't make this PowerPoint. I stole it from a colleague. So if they at any point see this, that they won't, they're not into Quan. But um, if at any point they do see this, um, yeah, sorry. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I'll, we'll, we'll go through the slides at some point. And actually, it's a, it will be a great showcase nonetheless, because Jano and I are talking a lot about legacy systems and how... Well, how poorly designed they are uh, for the year yes. we are in currently. And that will be a great showcase to literally show people uh, how it works in the current design and what all yes. needs to be improved. Yeah. But also we cannot change easily because for some reason we are still using that technology, although more than 30, 40 years have passed. So yeah. apparently yeah. there is a need uh, for this technology still. And, and that is where Overledger comes in because we can yes. connect those legacy systems uh, back into more modern systems like DLT or whatever you use. Yes. So, yeah. So, another thing that I should say is outside of the MasterCard payment system, I, I wanted to discuss what a retail bank does in terms of disputes resolutions and stuff like MasterCard chargebacks and kind of the practicalities that will need to come with blockchain as well. So, a lot of people think with, with uh, blockchain technology, we can actually remove retail banks, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen, you know. Sorry. What is happening in the background? Yeah, there's a lot of music here. Yeah, there's music in the other room. Yeah. In the other room. Yeah. This is going to be the trashiest episode we've recorded so far. Yeah, yeah. And the most ill advice as well. Fucking, what? Cheers to that. Yes. Yeah. It's a good thing you can smoke inside. I'll be fucking vaping this entire place. Yeah. We won't be able to see you. Okay. Uh, so as you can see, it's a good time over there in Dundee. Uh, I'm just here sitting at home. Although I do have little snacks with me. What is cool is we can actually see the Quampy, and here you can see the kilted kangaroo. So it's the Quampy yeah. kilted kangaroo. That's awesome. That, that's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the Quampy kilted kangaroo. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we should. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Hey, um, bring up, bring up a, a price chart if you will. 
Yeah, well, I think I was uh, about to go there. We've passed the eight minute mark. Time for uh, time for uh, yeah, well, well, price update. Uh, let yeah. me get this. Usually, Yarno does this, but now it's my turn. So just let me uh, let me gather this. Uh, I'm a lazy cunt today. Yeah, yeah well, uh, rightly so. Uh, let's go to Gongecko. Oh, what's also please. fun is I'm wearing obviously now. This is some some merch that we are experimenting with, which obviously reads. Quantum Forever. Yes, I've got my own t-shirt I designed myself. It says Quantum on the back. And it's not. Oh, oh. No, it's okay. It's okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's got a little logo on the front with the Illuminati. Illuminati. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Trust. <laughs> so what were you seeing here? Uh, or, well, the prices on CoinGecko at the moment. Speaking, it's the 19th. The 18th of August, 2022. So Bitcoin is at $23,000. Ethereum is 1874 Can we see the almost the since we're in the fucking Oh, we, we can, we can. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, to confuse everybody thoroughly. To, to be fair. We're I, tokens well, to Guinness tokens. I always use dollars, so... Yeah. There we okay, go. Well, G- Hey, Bitcoin is under 20. Fuck you guys. Yeah, that makes yeah. me. I always do in dollars. So, yeah, well, this is a current market situation. Uh, well, <laughs> as you can see, we've been trending downwards the last seven days. Yeah. Um, it's been the macro trend. Uh, and then we move down, and at place 44, we see ourselves um, being 94 pounds. Uh, <laughs> Trending downwards this week. Again. Oh, no. Yeah, the total market cap is 1.3 billion. Okay, I'm hearing a lot of loud music on the background. There. Uh, he's hearing the music. Yeah, man. I, I, I can happens. hear the music. Well, yeah, I can. Nothing to get out. Is it better here? No, it's. Move. I hear very loud music. Uh, very loud music. Can move to the. Uh, no, well, I'm pretty. Yeah, your noise cancelling just filled, and now I hear uh, very loud background noise. Interesting. Oh, let's uh, let's, let's have a look at that. We'll do, we'll do yeah. that on the spot. Oh, okay, no, it, it's gone. It's gone now. Good, man. There we are again. Whoa, it's, it's so loud. Should... <laughs> it is so loud compared to... This is just silent, and when it switches off, you're just like in a crowded pub. Yeah. That's yeah, insane. Well, oh, wow. Okay. Rip headphone users. <laughs> a glitch in the matrix, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. yeah okay. The show. The yeah. most inadvised, okay. trashiest, and unprepared yeah. shit show on the fucking planet. Yeah. Okay. So we have a market cap of around 1.3 billion pounds. Um, when we go to the seven day. Yeah, can, we, uh, can I request that we go back to dollars? Because this has made nothing, nothing in my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. 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 Uh, let me get back to dollars. <laughs> so we're at. One hundred twelve dollars. Australian. Let's go to Australian. That's bullish. That will be one hundred and fifty at least. Uh, oh yeah, sure. Uh, no, 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 no. no, no. Just okay. go to, uh, yeah. Go to Burger yeah. Okay. So when we look at the price of the last seven days, we're trending a bit down. There comes the background noise again. Yeah, well, it will go away. Yeah. Okay. Um. And well, <laughs> it's so loud. How is, oh it, how is that even possible? There was, there was nothing going just on. Go like, you can edit this, right? Okay. Yeah, we, I, I can hear. I would say pause the recording and we'll get ourselves 
out into the uh, terrace. Sure. Uh, okay. Let, let's do that. Oh, Hello. stop sharing. I think it was 10.5 in print. My recording didn't start. My recording started just now. Oh, fair. So it's a good thing we're recording on both ends. Yeah. Oh, well. But, uh, yeah, it, I, th I think it, I saw a figure 10.5% inflation in, in the UK um, is what's expected. So uh, nasty. Yeah. It, it is pretty bad. Uh. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Hey, yeah, um, man. Huh? Yeah, go. No, 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 no lead, I mean, lead. Uh, well, well, you guys were uh, in, in, well, uh, hiking a mountain and and getting, uh, well, getting wasted, uh, getting slanted last night. The people, <laughs> uh, the people in the, back back south in London, they actually worked on a new update, and they released uh, two point two point two point thirteen. Yeah, yeah. And I noticed, and it was just a maintenance update, wasn't it? The, it, there was, it was kind of a nodding burger, but I still want to address it. Uh, yeah, go bring yeah, it up, man. Sure. Okay. While Just we're here, notes. yeah, yeah, sure. How's the how's the Guinness? Is it good? Uh, I love it, man. Yeah, it's one of my favorite beers here. It is. Although it is yeah, Irish, I'm, yeah. I'm obviously not that much on the keto <laughs> because being on keto in, uh, in Scotland, fucking impossible. Done. Yeah, well, I, I need the bread on a hamburger still, whatever possible. I don't yeah. stock up on French fries. But besides that, I yeah, just having beers and drinks and shit. Like me being a vegetarian in Spain, that's that's also impossible. <laughs> you, cannot, you, you cannot do that in Spain. It's it's you, not going to work. Eat vegetarians, that's the same thing. Yeah, true, true. That would work. Yeah. That that yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, we're, so, we're keeping what, on we're building. Yeah, uh, we're yeah. seeing a tweet right now. I just brought up a tweet on the on the screen. It says we're keeping on building Overledger. Uh, 2.2.13 is a maintenance release that enhances security and scalability. And you, see, you see a guy working hard. Uh, and well, when I press the link to go to the page of quants, it, le it le uh, reads Overledger 2.2.13 is a maintenance release. Maybe, maybe this, the Scotsman can read it. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, go, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Can see, yeah. So this release introduces technical changes to enhance security and scalability. This is an engineering release of Overledger that adds technical changes within the platform to enhance security and scalability. It supports improvements planned for future releases. There are no new APIs, feature or modifications to the user experience in this version. This release includes. Improvements to configuration, structural enhancements to internal databases to better categorize resources, updating and improving access to controllers uh, for the APIs. So I don't think that means a hell of a lot to anyone that isn't working with the technology. No. Yeah. It doesn't. It's just a maintenance. Well, yeah, it's, it's just a maintenance release, just another... Uh... Little updates, and I think it's good. Yeah. They they are really getting consistent with a two week release schedule. They they promised this last year in the uh, well mid year technology yeah, uh, review it's update. Work, isn't it? <laughs> they are now actually on. Well, we were kind of discussing back then uh, whether it would really be like fortnightly, so every two weeks. And then in the beginning, they couldn't really match it, but they've now been on point. It, it's insane. You're just pushing yeah. every two weeks. 
And I wonder if um, updates like that are actually benefiting things like Lackchain and um, you know Oracle users. I wonder if there's actually a, a benefit to them. The fucking Oracle news, are we going to get to that as well? I, I, I posted that in our podcast uh, thing. Yeah. I believe Oracle is actually making steps with the Red Bull Racing. And oh, Gilbert, yeah, yeah. That's Gilbert is following like fucking every car company uh, in the UK, which is mighty interesting because Gilbert has quite a track record for following like a bunch of seemingly random projects. And then Ta-da! A couple of months later, it appears that it was all connected anyway. Gilbert yeah. Easter Bunny. That mm. could be a chart once again. It was a good episode with the Hungarian. What do yeah, definitely. will be on the show again. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, let's, let's, um, <laughs> let's... Speaking indeed, of Easter eggs. Yeah. Uh, let's indeed go to Gilbert's... Uh, well, let me share again. Here. And because that is indeed something we noticed. Uh, let me... Doing multiple things at the same time. Let me kind of go through Gilbert's uh, Twitter. Yeah. And uh, what indeed some people found is that he recently followed. Oh, he's following more than five thousand. Uh... Okay, this is yeah, going to be interesting. I, 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 I think I have the screenshots. Um, hold on. I, yeah, I got a screenshot, and I'll forward that to you in in Telegram. Telegram. Sure. Because uh, let's see, uh, because hun- Hungarian obviously made a list, and I'm I'm not sure if I can forward it like that, but I'll send it to you in WhatsApp. The... Sure. And yeah, then you have to pick it up there. This there guy is actually. Oh yeah, I'll uh, I'll unbox myself for a bit. Go back. Oh, you How send many people phone. does Gilbert follow? You send it on WhatsApp. Uh, l- l- give me one second to. Uh... Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, how, how's over there in Scotland? Uh... Yeah, it's good, man. We have pretty decent weather, given that we're in fucking Scotland, and the the, the forecasts like last week were fucking dreadful. But yesterday, when we actually planned to go to Loch Brandy, we had, yeah. we had pristine weather. Lovely, yeah, it was good. yeah, and up there was a little bit chilly. Um, it was quite of a hike, obviously. So the mountains, there's always a little bit more wind. Um, and and today was supposed to be shit. That's why we sassed yesterday and we're fucking nope. destroyed all day. And and only now it started raining. Quite annoying. Yeah, but, yeah, no one. So that's so what we, you expect when you go to Scotland, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, last week the uh, the weather was fantastic. It was like 25 degrees, probably some of the, the hottest weather in Scotland that I've experienced. And then, of course, the week Yarno comes, it's just, you know, awful weather. So, um, sod's law, isn't it? Yeah, but... It is what it is, man. That, that's what you, what you get when you go to Scotland, I think. Okay, um, yeah. so, so I just got the message. Unfortunately, Yarno sent it yeah. through WhatsApp, so I'm not going to dox my WhatsApp if you guys yeah. are fine with that. I have it in um, front of a screen as well. So the following of Gilbert, if I may hog your uh, your item for a bit. So yeah. you're looking at Aston Martin Works, Aston Martin Heritage Trust, Aston Martin PR, Aston Martin Racing, Oracle Red Bull Racing, McLaren Automotive, Aston Martin again, and then another Aston Martin Aramco Cognizant F1 team. 
I wonder why. And, yeah. and Tim also has an article right there from Oracle, if I'm not mistaken. I do, and, yeah. And Hungarian has written a message with that. And it reads, Gilbert just mass followed the Oracle Red Bull Aston Martin Racing PR channels. This partnership leverages OCI for a variety of applications, plus crowd twists for customer rewards. The speculation is that aligned with other FA and Gilbert's previous comments, over the year is integrated into more than just OBP. Team expanded, sorry, team expands use of Oracle Cloud infrastructure to further improve race strategy, engine development, and projects with Red Bull Advanced Technologies. Red Bull Racing Paddock will gain new features to boost excitement and create stronger connections with fans. Announcing new gaming partnerships, Oracle Red Bull Racing. Esports, which is to me, this was just this fabulous. And I said I had this in WhatsApp because my um, my sister and her sorry and her partner are like really into Formula One. They love Max, Max Verstappen, which yep. is obviously driving for Red Bull. And yeah, man, the thing you got on the screen right now, if you can think through it a little bit, that'd be great. Yeah, of course. So basically, this is not. Something new, this article, obviously, because the F1 season started back in March this year. So I think March, February, that's when F1 starts again. Yes, sir. And what we are looking right now on the screen for the people listening is a press release from Oracle. And it's about Oracle and Red Bull, uh, well, uh, Red Bull Racing launching a new chapter of innovation in Formula One. So since this season, uh, well, uh, Oracle actually became one of the main sponsors of Red Bull Racing. And, um, well, this article just goes in on it. When you follow uh, F1, you will know that when you look at Max's car and his co-driver, I think it's Chico Perez, um, you will see Oracle being very prominently on their car. And basically what happens um, is that, well, we always knew that that's once in an Oracle. Uh, I can hear a lot of background noise, so I apologize to the, to the listeners. I'm just going to be louder. Uh, our partners. And um, we, there was also, hey, it's gone. Uh, and there was also some speculation um, about, well, uh, Rebel Racing uh, utilizing Overledger, um, uh, well, for their operations, because, well, they're still using Oracle Clouds, uh, just yeah. like we see Oracle Cloud being used in multiple sports competitions. I think when you watch the... It's either the Premier League, I think it's the Premier League. When you watch Premier League games in England, <laughs> uh, you will see that that Oracle Clouds uh, actually does the analytics yeah. uh, uh, for, for all games. And when you watch the Bundesliga in Germany, you will see that Amazon Web Services uh, and their cloud infrastructure actually do the analytics. So we already see uh, sports uh, and these cloud infrastructures by these big software companies actually being, well, being integrated. And I think yeah. there was some kind of leads. I think it was Hungarian somewhere on Telegram that he said that um, someone from the Red Bull Racing team said that by using Oracle Cloud, they can... Um, and maybe in this article even. I don't know. I haven't read it. Um, and that's kind of the idea that they can use whatever kind of technology they need. And that points at Overledger. I'm not sure. Yeah. Is it in this article? You're not, I don't know. You have I, a clue? I, 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 I'm, I'm not sure, but what is really interesting to me about this is if you 
if you consider the sheer fucking amount of data that is being created just by a single racing car and, and what goes on behind the scenes and everything they measure and everything that's being uploaded and that's being um, manipulated and, and cross-checked and stuff, that is so much going on. I mean, even the weather and shit is obviously included. And yeah. if, if you look at Gilbert following also the Aston Martin and all those types of things, can you imagine the sheer amount of data that's just being processed by that? And if you extrapolate mm. that even further, looking at Moby, yeah. th- th- then you can actually take this Formula One shit and, 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 and multiply that by a couple of million conservatively for the sheer amount of data that's going to run through all those DLTs. And, and as you guys know, as we said 10,000 times, money is just fucking money. And it's no. just to, to pay for things, but the data and every single transaction that's going to be happening on Overledger will need QT and it will need bandwidth and it will need interoperability. And obviously, not for everything, but for most things, it definitely will. Because not everybody's going to be using the same analytics shit. And with the Oracle certification and, and everything that's going on, it's extremely bullish for me, at least. Yeah. I mean, you can see the magnitude of, of, of fucking Formula One and the amount of money that goes on in there. And and also, that's that, that's just the racing bit. So also for the merch and all those other things, they, those guys need to perform. So they will analyze whatever they can fucking analyze. Yeah. And I think it is, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if logistics comes into it as well. I, I watched a documentary talking about how they get the car components together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very in-depth process. I wonder if logistics might factor into yeah. that as well. Yeah, so that's supply chain, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's also data, and that's so beautiful. Yeah. Because you won't be batching that. That needs to be streamed. All that data needs to be real-time. So, like, for instance, payments, uh, it could be all the money. You can just batch that shit, flip it, and, and, and then have it done. It would not be a continuous trickle or a stream. But for this, they need it now, now, now. And it makes it super, super interesting for the tokenomics and, and just the, the sheer amount of volume of data that's going to be yeah. um, transferred through that cloud. For a long time, I've been just waiting for CBDCs, but then, you know, you've got other use cases which we're seeing. Fantastic. Yeah, man. Sure. Sure. Have you, have you, have you, do you have anything else lined up, Tim? Or do you want to go, go uh, on on this a bit? Well, I don't really, as you know me. Uh, I didn't have any time to kind of prepare stuff. Uh, but yeah, we yeah. Did talk, I did talk with, with Niels, obviously, also through the week. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. what happened. I think um, there were some things with the Dutch episode we might... Uh, actually, also discuss here. Um, yeah, just throw it up for so them. I think one of the things that uh, Nielsen and I talked about for quite a bit in the Dutch episode was this article that was being uploaded to Seeking Alpha. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, well, I we discussed. commented on that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was really kind to him. I only pointed out the tokenomic flaws. Yeah. But yeah, it was not a very good article, but I wanted to, to not fucking bury him. With no, all no, this no. fucking shit, blah, blah. Because Seeking Alpha, if I may hijack for a bit again, Seeking Alpha is like really big. When I started investing, all the the, the TradFi markets are on there. So you can see what's going on on the S&P, on the NASDAQ, on the Nikkei, whatever the fuck you want. And you can also see all the history 
and you can find all the the reports, the annual reports, the earnings, all those types of things. So for for TradFi, it's really for it's really big. And I asked SVQ, SEC, actually, and both Ghost in the past if they would consider making a seeking alpha account to give quantum exposure there, because yeah. it's 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 simply not getting it, it wasn't getting there. So the fact that somebody created an article, I understand it wasn't all, it, it was even a little bit condescending from time to time, but he, he, he made an effort and he tried to condense what was yeah. going on. And, and obviously it wasn't all correct. And I'm really curious on your take on that. But the most important thing for me was that they kind of fucked up with the way that businesses pay for services and yeah. what the revenue streams actually are, because Gilbert obviously also stated in, in Telegram multiple times that they also have consulting gigs, which are just paying them in, in, in a fiat. And yeah. um, so, which are obviously not, not totally related, but they are revenue for the company. Um, so I, I focused on that bit, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious because you, know, you heard you and Niels talk about it. Niels was a lot more eloquent. He had like five or six different points that they actually screwed up on in that, in that article. But yeah, man, bring it up. Let's have a go. Yeah, uh, give me one second. Uh, I'm just going to... Another one? For it. I've been talking for two minutes, dude. Yeah, yeah. I need to bring stuff up. I haven't lined I it up know. yet. Uh, I know, I know. It's okay. I didn't actually news. read this article, so this is news to me. Uh, but yeah, good to hear that it's on Seeking Alpha. That's yeah, man. Uh, okay, let, let me let me get yeah. this. Uh, well, so yeah, so, so for the crypto news, what, 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 what thing is searching... Seeking Alpha, you can actually use if you want to analyze like any stock. You can see dividends, dividend payments. You can see all the history three or five years, 10 years ago. There's actually people writing some really high quality stuff and reviews on there. Most of those things are behind paywalls, mm. but you can just have a, have a free account. Just log in with your Google Docs or your shit again. Accept all the cookies, give them everything, you know. A couple, <laughs> a couple of years ago, I made a web crawling uh, kind of thing where I was like, Parsing financial text and uh, yeah, seeking out alpha was part of that. Yeah, man. Yeah, sure. Okay, so we are looking at the article here. It's on seeking alpha, and it reads: uh, Does blockchain need an operating system? Quant Quant Network believes so. And then there's a summary, and I'm going to invite you guys to uh, go through it point by point. I can take the first point yeah, though. So, and so, that's so, all. So, 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 Okay, oh. so blockchain blockchain interoperability is an essential investment theme to build during the crypto bear market. Uh, Quant Network believes it has the solution. Quant Network has built Hyperledger, uh, built its Hyperledger operating system to con connect all blockchain platforms with a simple one-stop shop interface. Uh, Quant Network is targeting enterprise clients over retail uh, with the help of Oracle. Are the red flags, flags in Quant Network's past too much to overcome, adding to our crypto model portfolio? Read our analysis below to find out. Looking for a portfolio of ideas like this one? Oh, yeah, no, that's just... Yeah. Uh, Microsoft, the coin, Agora. Yeah, got exclusive uh, access to our model portfolio. No, I want to uh, I want to address... What does he mean by red flags in, in uh, Quant Network? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That, that's, that's where we will be heading uh, when we go through the article. I mean, the, yeah, the, yeah. these are these are like the main points, and uh, I mean the thing I told Niels, so uh, the the guest on the Dutch, uh, my, actually my co-host the last episode, like Miko was in the, the uh, one before, 
Um, one of the first things that, that stood out to me is that it says, well, Quant Network has built its Hyperledger operating system. That should be Overledger, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that was already interesting. And well, yeah, okay. So these points are kind of fair. Yeah, but then when you go through the article, um, there are things that really stand out. Um, and, uh, do, do you know well, the author? Who, who authored it? Sure. Yeah, it's uh, you know... the Sorry. author is the coin Agora. That that is the author. Uh, we, we can look ah. at them for a bit. Okay. The Fredonia Cooperative Coin Agora. Agora is Greek for meeting place. Okay. Yeah. Don't ask me how I know that. Yeah, yeah. So. Thanks for checking out CoinAgora. My name is Eric and I manage a team of crypto enthusiasts. We believe in the promise of blockchain and cryptocurrencies. We've been investing in crypto since 2014 when one Bitcoin traded for $500. If you do the quick oh, math, it so it's been a 100x since. Nice. Since then, we've tracked uh, the rise and fall of the markets, finding ways to maintain gains and find the projects that can win. Now nah, it's just uh, them shilling themselves. Yes, yes. Flexing, bro. Anyway. Okay, so uh, yeah, the main thing is we've not seen them in, in Telegram. You know, it's not a... No, no, no. This is just no. a guy. Probably. It's it's, yeah. it's a bit like the price predictions. If you go to Google, you go to the price the price predictions for Quant. People fucking call it numbers for 2030, like like, like yeah. being 3K and shit like that. And, Makes yeah. me heave, man. <laughs> and, 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 oh, my lighting uh, just turned off. But this is this is a smart a, home. It happened again. It's a smart home, and the light is so smart that it turns off after an hour. Oh yeah, dear. It's, it's programmed. Yeah, it's programmed just like a hundred K Q and T. Yeah, maybe exactly at the end remote. of September. At the end of September. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, okay, that so, is not going to happen, probably. It is not financial advice. Okay, but when we look at this, no. um, uh, when Take we look at the article, advice from guys in the pub, drinking beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, advice. Trashy. So, wife beater. Can I talk? Yeah. Okay. So, so, so when we look at the article, then the first part, so the introduction is pretty fair. He just sums up what's going on. So it's the entire mm. story about interoperability, mm. about how the markets function, etc. How overledger function. That's fair. I'm not going to comment on that. Um, but then there are some things that, that stand out. Um, well, first, it's about the price section. Okay, that's fair. Uh, and then it goes on to, well, the target customers, what it's doing, who uh, is running the company, the use cases, its industry ties, and its economics. And, and, and there is where it gets pretty interesting to me, because there are some things here in this article that are being mentioned, but I think are not fair. Um, so first, the part about customers, I think that's pretty right. So he is addressing the fact that there is more than just retail in crypto and it's not all community side. No, there are actual companies. And there's an OS, which is also good. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, um, then it's about what Quant does. And then, well, it reads according to Quant Network, their objective is to connect all the world's distributed ledgers for faster, more efficient growth. It goes into overledger. Um, yeah, well, that's fair. I think there there are some things, but it's okay. Uh, and it, it gets interesting at the point where they start pointing at Gilbert, 
Uh, and, and this might be a point that you can read out loud. Read out for me! Okay, so yeah. Gil- Gilbert Verdian is the founder and CEO of Want. Gilbert has an impressive background when looking at his titles and organizations who've employed him, which include PwC, BP, Bank of England, US Federal Reserve. Now, I don't believe he was an employee of the US Federal Reserve, was he? He's just on He's- a committee there. Uh, I'm not sure. I think he he did. He was in a committee there, indeed. But I think he worked for them in, in that. Oh, really? I, I mean, I'm, I'm I've, not sure. I've, I've looked at his CV an awful lot, and I've seen him on the committee, but not. Okay, then, not then he's been in the committee. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's, that's a minor minor issue there. Anyway, right. Yeah. However, uh, he never stays long anywhere. Uh, with the longest lasting position being at HM Treasury for 27 months. Now, I think it was in the Ministry of Justice was what I thought he was in, rather than... Yeah. Uh, but anyway, right. A track record for quick stints at various companies could mean he's ex- extremely efficient, but it also has the potential to be a red flag with his personality or work style. Yeah. Um, it's something to note at the very least. Now, yeah, I, you know, that's a fair observe, uh, observation. Yeah. Yeah. The, the way I look at, at these types of articles is that people... If, if you write an article... You want to be believable. You need to have some points of criticism. You need to have some some things that you can actually shoot at. Otherwise, everybody would just read it as if it's a fucking XRP article, you know? Yeah. All the money and blah blah blah. So there 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 are reservations and there are things that could be like. I mean, to be honest, if somebody reads this for the first time, and they are not as as read up uh, as we are, people will most definitely look at this and find it bullish and start doing their research. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. why I was so positive also about the fact that he wrote it because he, he went ways and he tried to to condense it because he could have simply fucking copied his entire CV and shit. But yeah. people will not read it. And if it's all about the moon, people won't believe it either. So I think for balance, he actually did an adequate job. Yeah, and it's actually, it's a concern that I've had myself. I've also similarly thought like these are high profile gigs that he's had, yeah. but he's not he's not been in them for like any extended period of time. Yeah, but he's moved on to another fabulous job. So I mean, yeah, if, you, if it, yeah. there's if, for a short time, it could even be fucking bullish because if you're there because there are fucking problems, there's there's shit in the fan, and you can you can just un unfuck that yeah. in, in, in a year and a half and then move on. Yeah, I, I think that's actually pretty damn good. So is that the only red flags that he brought up or is it? No, he, he brought up some other red flags, but uh, just to okay. get back to this point, uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard this thought, let's call it thought before. Um, I, I think it was by some people from the community itself, like people telling, hey, it's, isn't it kind of suspicious that this guy has just been at places for like two years and then moves on? On the other yeah. hand, when I also look at my colleagues, some people are very high level positions that that's exactly what they do they just go somewhere solve stuff and they move on because they always have kind of a vision what needs to happen and i think that is the case with gilbert he's been having this idea of developing overledger or at least this kind of technology well since the late 1990s since since 1998 i think and then it yeah. just moves on and at some point it was like okay fuck it i'm i'm going to establish my own company and then actually Niels and I uh, talked about that and he introduced me to the RFC 1925. So it's like the 12 rules of networking. And then one of them is, is that 
some ideas will always return, but just in a different shape to, to solve the same problem. I don't know. It's like rule 11. I, I can link it. Uh, I should I should link it. No better work than a network, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll link it in the description. Uh, let's let's first go through the the rest of the article. For sure. Okay. Let's see if I can get another point. You want to know? Uh, yeah, give me another point. Um, actually, I'll have what he's uh, what uh, what was it? Madre. Yeah, yeah. Give me a point of Madre. Madre. It's the the other point. I don't want to hide it from. Okay, Madre. 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 Spanish. Oh, Madre. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> a life on the show. Uh... Dear listeners. Okay, so uh, then it continues with uh, use cases. So according to Quant Network's website, Quant uses use cases include digital currencies, payments, supply chains, and trade finance, capital markets, compliance, and insurance. And according to the same Fast Company article, one of her more high-profile projects is Blackchain, uh, which seeks to help Latin American businesses with their their, uh, global banking needs. Uh, Blackchain was founded in... (laughs) Blackchain was founded in 2018, the product in Quant in 2021 could assist with cross-border payments, domestic payments, and remittance using Overledger operating system. According to a recent Fast Company article, Blackchain uses blockchain and integrates it into the core banking infrastructure, enabling users to receive payments in the form of a new digital Latin American dollar straight away and then redeem it as local currency from their bank. This is a pretty good... This is good. Yeah. I'm not, not going to comment well, on this. Blackchain is so much fucking more than just banking. And yeah. people just yeah, yeah. entirely fucking miss that because yeah. crypto is about the money. I've, I've been this around 10,000 times. But Blackchain is actually making it possible for everybody to use their fucking smartphone for their identity needs, their medical needs. Everything is going to be fed on Blackchain as it will be on Epsi. So the banking bit is yes important, but I think it will be fucking a, a, a drop in the ocean for for, for, for transactions. I mean, yeah, know, true. The, the skeleton for a dystopian future. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> All right, are we going this way? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna get some tin foil. I'll be right back. <laughs> what, what do you want to drink? You want this? Uh, just give me another one. Okay, yeah. But um, yeah, no. So I think this is a that's a very fair take on what Lackchain does. I, I wasn't actually aware that what Lackchain was dealing with other things other than finance. Um, and yeah, I've, I've always found it quite confusing when I look at, at, at Lackchain because it's, it's quite abstract, anything that I've written, anything that I've read about, about the, uh, the subject. Uh, but yeah, it seems like well, a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. The, the, uh, the abstractness is indeed something I recognize with people in the community. Actually, last week we talked about this too, uh, because a lot of people confuse Blackchain with the Latin, Latin American dollar, which are two different projects. Anyway. Um, this is so it, difficult to understand. Oh, dear. There, there's going to be so yeah, much shenanigans getting, that people like Greg Lund yeah, yeah. will have a hard time getting all the shenanigans out of this episode. Then it continues. It is unclear how the Blackchain. Uh, how blockchain success may impact the Q&T token's value. However, mm-hmm. if blockchain gains adoption uh, and becomes a model for connecting banking systems across the world to various blockchain networks, uh, Quant Network may be in a prime position to benefit from this inevitable trend of cross-border payments and improved global banking. Now, I kind of yeah. agree with this point because it's yeah. kind of unclear 
how latching um, well ties into uh, overlatcher. As in, so I do understand. Do you want me to break through it? I mean, I I, I do understand I, I, uh, indeed that they are going to build. I hear Yarno very loud in the background. I don't know what's going on. I am uh, always loud, my friend. His, his payments take ages because he's Dutch. So uh, yeah. yeah. So in the Netherlands, you could just pay contactless, and other fifty euros, it would just accept it. But since I'm 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 in the third world now. I need to confirm everything with my fingerprint every time. When overledger or even lack chain, yeah. When when lack chain. Yeah. Yeah, but what is interesting when you can see this paragraph, you can actually feel what the author was trying to do. He was trying to present a picture that mm. is quote unquote accurate, but but he didn't want it to be too bullish. Mm. So no. he actually presents the information. But it's all clouded in what ifs and maybes, etc. Yeah. Because fucking blockchain is live on mainnet, so everything is working. And if you look at like the, the media and, and LinkedIn and stuff, everybody has their eyes on blockchain, and and it will be a copy paste all over the world when this takes off. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, that's a, I, I get the feeling this is a uh, a proof of concept. Yes, it, it's a test, uh, yes. and the practicing on the. You know, a 12 country continent yeah. fucking test. Just practice. Love it. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I do agree. But because I do agree partly, I mean, because it's kind of indeed unclear uh, how Lackchain is going to pay for their license. I, I assume they do. But is it going to be the people that pay Lackchain to use the network that are then also the indirectly paying for overlet? Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it are going it? to be like, uh, uh, continental networks. So how is that also in the case of EPSI in, 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 in the European Union, how is that going yeah. to work? That's something I question. I'm, I'm not sure how that, how I see that. Or... Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, uh, definitely get, yeah, I get what you mean there. It's a tough one because we're not seeing under the hood. This could probably get no. a lot of NDAs. Uh, the bonnet. Yeah, or under the bonnet. There you go, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of questions there that we're unlikely to get any answers to. Um, that's kind of why Horntail's on-chain analysis is the only way that we're kind of going to get a glimpse of behind the veil. You know? Exactly. And Sebastian. I agree with you. It's, Sebastian too. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, man, the, those infrastructures, in my opinion, are going to be the main drivers for for, for the utility of token. There yeah. is, and there's going to be so much going on uh, I mean, payments payments are big, but just simply the amount of data that we generate every single day where we interact with the world, and it's only going to, only going to get more. Think of my story about, about Moby. We'll, we'll put the cards to Moby somewhere here. It's, um, it's going to be pretty mind-blowing, especially since it's all data-driven, and we're going to have the transactions going on, so there will be a continuous stream of, 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 of communication going on and it's interesting that i'm seeing pay pay uk there yeah um now i i handle um faster payments uh, as part of my job and pay uk yeah. are the uh are the, the governing body i believe mm-hmm. fantastic and video yeah. as well which is cool it's like an old school old school one yeah and what is also really interesting if you start connecting dots and you look at Oracle and, 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 and now they're partnering with 
um, with the Formula One ship we were taking off. And you also got off to be the news with the Microsoft angle, with yeah. Azure. And, 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 and if you look at them, then you got to look at the Meta as well. And, 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 and then the numbers get even more stupid because if, if, if you got those, those guys, you can look at the, at the, at the previous episode, um, how they're actually eating your lunch and thinking about that all the identity will be on those blockchains that we discussed. If, if you connect all that shit, it's just a fucking spider's web of, of, of connections. One of the ones I really want to see in action is Alliance Block. Now, I've been told that this is um, some sort of settlement for, uh, you know, stocks and shares, securities. Now, LBT, you mean, for the London Stock Exchange? Yeah. 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 It's, that is an Alliance Block. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I really want to see this. Shitcoin alert. Well, <laughs> yeah, the tokenomics are not great, but if this comes yeah. into... Um, you know, it's implemented and Quant has mm-hmm. a, a handle in this. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a really... Quant has a handle. They, they have a very interesting grab where overlappers like integrated into their, into their system. Okay. Yeah. By AOBT. But I, as I understand it, it's not, you know, it's not operational yet. Now, I'm going to be keeping an eye on that space for Alliance Block to really ramp up because... And uh, the amount of stocks and shares that get traded every day, yeah, just ridiculous amounts of traffic over the network, yeah, Good. for sure. Yeah, so <clears throat> if, if you go back to the article, then uh, it just describes the in, in, industry ties, their partners, uh, then it goes into Oracle. Well, I'm not going to tell that story again. Um, that's chain link, isn't it? Oh, the oracles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the oracles. Yeah. And um, it recently funny, if, you look, if, if you scroll down in the comments on this fucking article, there's this guy. Yeah, King Link has his blockchain. Yeah, can, blah, 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 yeah, blah, no, blah. can I can I kind of yeah. interrupt you and just go through the article for a bit? <laughs> Yeah, Step of course. Zip of your let's, point keep, keep, yeah, let's keep the yeah. score structured. Yeah. Uh, a key component for Quant, Quant Network's growth strategy is staying in compliance with global financial rec- regulatory bodies, including the yeah. financial action <laughs> task forces, <laughs> virtual asset service providers. Uh, in addition, the U.S. Financial Stability Board publishes a roadmap in 2020 in regards to cross-border payments infrastructure. This is the main focus of Quant as well. Lastly, there is a speculation across the Quant Network community that the U.S. government is working with Quant representatives to find a favorable approach to blockchain and digital asset regulation. Actually, this last point, that's not, yeah, it's kind of speculation, but that is where he kind of points at the MIT partnerships and, uh, well, the, 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 part, the part where Harjono comes in, Thomas Harjono, and they are actually working together, right? It's, it's not a, it's not a secret that, that, um, Gilbert has been to Boston, to the Federal Reserve, to talk about, uh, well, not only regulation, but also the, the establishment of, of the digital dollar. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he is right here. And I agree. This, I cannot really point any criticism at this point. Yes, yeah, so on, on Gilbert's CV, it does say that he's on committees in the, the US. Now, I don't know how he manages it. His time must be an extreme premium because he's part of all these committees but yeah uh, the federal reserve he is a committee member of you can see that definitely yeah so anyway i think that the point where it really 
gets down to the point where we can start criticizing this article. It's about uh, wallet tokenomics. And, um, well, this part is where it gets kind of interesting, if, if you ask me. Uh, because then in the first part, it reads, well, the main source of the noise cancelling is, is, is terrible at the moment, though. Like, you can really yeah. literally hear you're in a pub. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's, so, it's what it is, man. Yeah. Uh, the main source of revenue for the company uh, is selling annual licenses. Or some people talking right next to you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ah, okay. Oh, now it's gone. Uh, so the main source of revenue for the company uh, is selling annual licenses to access Overledger, as well as transaction-based fees, both of which are paid in Q&T. So for the annual licensing fees, uh, the Quant Network Treasury locks up the Q&T for 12 months or until the license expires, at which point the uh, Q&T is converted into dollars. This artificially limits Q&T in circulation, and in theory, the more demand they have for licenses, the more the circulating supply should decrease, increasing the price of Q&T. Fair. I think this is a fair assessment of what's going on, but it gets kind of interesting down in the uh, part below. It reads an, op- yeah, an operation. There's a, there's a little bit of a nuance, because the circulating supply will always be the same for the coin market caps and shit. Mm. Yeah, because there's just 14.6 million tokens, and that will remain. But obviously, due to economics, a lot of things will actually get "quote unquote" locked, so they yeah. will not technically be circulating because they won't be for sale. But 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 there's still a circulation. Yeah, there, there needs to be two metrics here. There needs to be a liquid market cap, and, and you know, and yeah. overall market cap. Yeah. has to be split. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Okay, you guys still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. muting the mic regularly now. Oh, yeah, sure. That's a bit better, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll mute the mic in between where we're not talking. Oh, sure, yeah. that, that's that's lovely, actually. Yeah, we should have done that earlier. Uh, but then it gets interesting because it reads well. An operational risk of this, this strategy is the price fluctuation of QNT during the lockup period and the difficulty that presents is forecasting or budgeting for the quant team. This makes it difficult to determine a valuation for a Q&T token and quant organization as a whole. Okay, so I'm reading this and I'm not sure what he says here. Can you guys make something of this? Yeah, so it reads an operational risk or strategy is price fluctuation of quant during the lock-up periods and the difficulty that presents in forecasting or budgeting for the quant team. This makes it difficult to determine the valuation of the quant token and quant organization as a whole. So yeah. I, I think this begins and ends with the fact that he doesn't really comprehend the fact that enterprise and everything will always pay fiat. Yeah. So all the costs are always fiat denominated. So the, yeah. the price fluctuations and, and the volatility, which is obviously not ideal for companies, will not affect them at all. And I wrote a comment below this article. It will be linked in the description of the article. You can find my comments below there. They will... Um, the volatility can go rampant as high as it wants. It doesn't really matter because the oracles of this world will always pay the same amount of fiat for a transaction or for uh, whatever. And the quant mm-hmm. treasury actually does the conversion into the QNT in the background. And, and what you get from that is, and in, in that case, you might be correct. You're going to be getting that the team gets uh, a box of tokens and they have a value right now, but, but they just market buy. So if I give them 100 fiat, 
they just buy for a hundred fiat and QNT. QNT can be one dollar, it can be a million dollars. Doesn't really fucking matter because it, it is quote unquote not one's money, and those tokens mm. will be locked. And what happened over the year, assuming that business will go on as expected, the price of the QNT token quote unquote must go up because of the scarcity, because of the utility, etc. So it is pretty safe bet. If everything is up and running for the quant team, they just mm. won't get paid in the first year for their services because you pay your license, license paid. And when the license is paid, they don't have money quite yet because it is all locked up in QNT, uh, probably on Coinbase, um, custody, whatever. And the next year, this gets freed up. And then it can choose if they want uh, to, to use this for the renewal or again. If the price no. is lower next year, they need to buy more. And if the price is higher, they have QNT to sell if they want, or they can simply use it for other clients. And what you then get is that the client still needs to pay, like, let's say, the, the $100. Um, but if you have a surplus from another client that got freed up, you can use that QNT, and then you earn the $100 straight up. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Yeah, so and if you add to that the fact that you also provide consulting services and a bunch of other things, uh, I'd say the fucking revenue streams of one are just pristine. Um, yeah. But it's, it's all layered. It's really nuanced. I, I think, uh, well, chances are token price is going to appreciate over that year. At the end of the World Cup, they're going to be sitting on more money. than the... It didn't happen this year. No, no, of course not. So, so there's always a possibility the market conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a, that's true. I, I well, we know that at some point there's going to be a breakaway uh, where quant decouples from from Bitcoin. It's just it's inevitable. It's just a matter of when. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, For sure. Well, For sure. So, so where are we here? We are you want to here. So we're yeah, at this part. Oh. Yeah. So the, the tokenomics for the for quant network are somewhat concerning as well. <laughs> they held an initial ICO in 2018, was not met with much fanfare. As a result, they announced they would be burning approximately 14.6 million tokens, only to then burn 9.5 million tokens with an explanation. You can see here the largest token quote unquote holder on either scan the wallet containing the bird tokens. While this is not overly concerning, tokenomics are a key focal point here at the court of Agora. So what are you talking about? There's 9 million tokens that are in the, the quote-unquote first wallet on the scan. And that's a smart contract. So that is not a wallet address. It's a smart contract. And that contract is inaccessible. That, uh, the FINMA and uh, God knows what KPMG dudes, they have all signed off on this. So these tokens can never be accessed ever. And, uh, people are still sending money to it, which is really interesting. Yes, that is a strange one. People, isn't it? people are idiots, but yeah, there's <laughs> there's no one that can ever retrieve that. So whatever goes in there is burnt for life. Um, and the quant team actually did that to bring more balance because initially um, the ICO didn't sell out. The intention was to create 45 million tokens. ICO didn't sell out, and only a bunch were minted, and there were like 23 point somewhat million. But after that, because the team had such a high disproportion of tokens, they decided to build, so to burn 9 million of their own tokens. 
So that's the story behind that. And uh, so wait, um, just to get back to the holy article, shit. Look at this. Someone put in 700, 800 quants after the burn. <laughs> they are burned for altruism, oh. my man. <laughs> Some people altruism. just love, yeah, well, they're doing their fair share. Um, How is the founder's wallet doing? Shall we have a, have a little look at the founder's wallet? What, what's the latest transaction on there? If you go to the founder's wallet, yeah, that's, that's the one for the founders. Yeah, go, go down and go to the. The info, let's see. Uh, move up a bit. Yeah, click, click on info. And this is info. Yeah, no, I'm not there, not there. Isn't this the founder's wallet? Yeah, go to the contract. I'm sorry, I forgot. No, I'm a retard. There should be something with QRC, uh, sorry, QRC20 token transfers. Yeah, but I can't find anything. Ah, okay, never mind. Let's, let's could be one on. of the other wallets. So any any article they're talking about. Yeah, let's go back than, to the article. Oh, uh, any Sorry. article they're talking about a, a nine million burn. Um, yeah, and what was it? They, they burned less than that. Is that what the article no. is posing? No, no, the guys just came in. But you can see, he said four point six would be burned, then it didn't, or something like that. But they announced they would be burning fourteen. Point six million, uh, and then actually did nine point five. So where is he getting the fourteen point six from? I have no clue. Yeah, it's just a promise. Ask mate. put that number out there. The Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's an odd one. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So we we'll, we'll continue hmm? on. Yeah. Okay. So here they kind of give a summary. And um, okay, so they basically ask the question whether uh, Quant Network deserves to have. Can you mute your mic for a bit? Would be a bit easier. No, thanks. So they kind of um, ask the question here whether uh, Quant should have like a ten percent allocation in their total portfolio. And well, in general, they say well it's a hold, so that's positive. Because they say on the positive side, they have a real-world adoption with, for example, Lackchain in South America, and they're plugged into Oracle. However, on the negative side, uh, well, here it gets funny. Since they're not technically a blockchain themselves, the visibility into their organization is opaque at best. It is nearly impossible to determine if their 1.5 billion market cap is overvaluated is overvalued or undervalued since revenue and adoption metrics are not available. And this is pretty interesting. Niels pointed out here that it kind of implies that once you are a blockchain uh, or a DLT, you are uh, transparent. That's kind of the, the, the um, um, I say that, um, what's the word? Like the, uh, guys help me out. What's the word? Like the, the assumption that, yeah, no, but the assumption is made that once you are a blockchain, you assume you must be transpar uh, transparent. But that's not yeah, the case, yeah. right? No. Uh, yeah. It kind of depends on what your model is. I mean, if you look at Lackchain, Lackchain will be public permission. So sure, but can we look into their so, business model? No, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 
Uh, well, it's in a business model, maybe, but once a private company, so they're well, not obligated to share anything at all. We also know well, that the, the, the uh, sort of structure of CBDCs, we're not expecting that to be public either. Um, we're expecting oh. five private chains to be in operation with CBDC. Um, so, yeah. Oh. So, I found that odd. And then, in addition, the announced burn token amount versus the actual burn token amount mentioned earlier is a concern. We just addressed that. And finally, well, it's about Gilbert's CV and him being, well, very shortly at, at different positions. And yeah, yeah, Gilbert's just a cunt, man. Fucking, I mean, a ragpole bastard. He's just trying to steal a lot of money. Yeah. He's actually to- token not needed, bro. Token not needed, it's can. Yeah. So uh, it concludes while well, Quant Network is an exciting project, particularly if it continues to gain traction in the cross-border banking and payments ecosystem. The continued success of Lackchain will be crucial. And if they announce additional sovereign partnerships, that will be a bull catalyst for the QMT token. As new information becomes available and some of the red flags are put to rest, QMT USD may earn a spot in our model portfolio. For now, we yeah. wait and see. Yeah, okay. I, I think it's I think it's really interesting because everybody's always also be calling for like, oh yeah, Quantas need a household name. So then 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 the price will go up, and we got fucking Oracle, the second biggest fucking software company in the world. It's on Formula One cars, Red Bull and shit, and people are still not waking up. Will it yeah. ever happen? I'm curious. But if it's not, man, it's also fine. I know, I know within within the bank that I work for, blockchain still has quite uh, a bad name, uh, or like maybe it, it's seen as almost the dirty side of finance. You know, one of yeah. my colleagues described Bitcoin and blockchain as a Japanese knotweed of the finance industry, which I thought was brilliant. But Japanese knotweed, you can't eradicate. It. You know, it's, it's yeah. a, it's a weed that just you cannot get rid of, and uh, no. so he just he described blockchain in those terms, and it gives you an idea of how they're approaching it. And like, there's still a very backwards kind of mentality towards this this new tech, uh, mm-hmm. the traditional finance and traditional banks. They're they're not seeing the, the benefits of it yet. No, yeah, I mean, but it's kind of inevitable at this point. I think it is. Yeah, whatever you think of it. <laughs> Inevitabilities, bitch, dude. Yeah. Um, so, kind of that, so much for the article. I think it's not bad. There are just some things that could be better. Um, and as, as you oh, pointed out, it's good to get some traction and get people actually studying the token. Yeah. Um, then, what else did I? I talked with Niels about we discussed the inflation bill in the US. Uh, but I think that's something that already passed. I'm not sure if it's very relevant for yeah, us. Maybe let's move on to uh, the Babbitt's bit. Sure. Oh, yeah. We, I forgot. Do, yeah. do you want to take a short break in the thing or like, let's, let's go, go move on? I, I, uh, I could use a little break, actually. Okay. Let, yeah. Let's take a break in three, two, two one. one. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, I'm recording here as well. So, great. Hell was with shit. So, we had a little piss. And a little WeChat in the meantime, yes. Tim has apparently lined up the masterpiece, Le Piece de Resistance, yeah. for the episode of Monsieur is throwing his phone on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to do this in his local Scottish accent. He's not going to, to turn it down, I'm joking. 
Okay, yeah, so. Um, bring I, up whatever you want to bring up, Tim. And yeah, so I have it here. Uh, let me, uh, yeah. let me go. So, 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 some of these slides will be irrelevant, but there are some, some graphics here that will help kind of explain the, the payment process, of the, the journey that happens with a card payment with the MasterCard payment system. So let's let's go through these. These are actually training documents to train people up. So we, we're not trying to train you here, but keep going, keep going. Okay. Um, yeah, here we go. So stuck on this. So not many people are aware of this, but say, say when you use your card in a shop, um, you tap your card and you see the money be deducted from your account, right? Mm -hmm. So this is actually something called an authorization. We check if you've got enough money in the bank in order to actually take that money. But yeah. it's ring fed. So this says, you know, the first stage of a payment, uh, the money is held by the bank. It's almost put into a, a holding area. like the, It's not actually sent off yet. Um, then at a later date, a presentment happens. Now that, that's the actual point where the payment is sent to the merchant. Very few people are aware of this, this two-part distinction. And, you know, it can often take seven to 30 days between authorization and presentment to actually come about. So we're going to go through the steps of authorization to presentment with these next slides. Okay, and why is that interesting for Quantport? Well, it, what I'm doing is I'm trying to paint a picture of where we are at TradFi, yeah. where traditional finance is, yeah. and just uh, why it's such a bad model. Yeah. And of course, Quant is a solution to that. Yeah. So uh, what I'm doing with, with this here is trying to give you an idea of what we're fixing, yeah. what Quant is fixing. Good. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll continue. Yep, sure. So, uh, yeah, as I say, yeah, don't need that. Keep going. Hmm. Uh, well, unless unless we would, yeah, this is this is for idiots, basically, you know, but uh, yeah, Devin wants to, to use his, his pin. I, basically, you you use your, your pin in a, a card, or you use your card in a shop, uh, and it's going through the different steps of, of what happens to the money or that information, right? So the authorization stage here, um, essentially, we, we don't need to go into the ins and outs of it, but it checks whether you've got enough money in the bank to do it, and it's a yes or a no, you know? We'll, we'll continue through these. Um, keep going, keep going. This is actually for training people up to be payments experts. So a lot of this is, is a little bit more in the weeds than we need to get. But um, yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay, so you can skip the... Yeah, basically this, this is just describing the authorization stage where sometimes you, you might have seen it with your, your own bank. Uh, mm -hmm. A payment will be stuck in pending. Uh, have you seen that? Like pending payments. Yeah. Yeah, that is when you've got an authorization that's not been presented yet. So here we go. This is only half the story. Now we'll be looking at, at presentment stage. So if we move move further down, there's a particular graphic I'd, I'd like to show you. Um, here we go. So MasterCard Network, once you've got all the authorizations, let's say. So say you're a bank and you've got a lot of these authorizations for various different merchants, you would put it all into one big file and you pass it on to MasterCard, right? Now, MasterCard yeah. will then um, collect all of them up as well. Um, and it will come back to us for all the pre pre 
the presentments. Well, there's different merchant banks in between. There's a graphic down here. Keep, keep skipping through the, this uh, slide. Um, yeah. Essentially, the, pre the presentment stage is where the money actually leaves your, your bank account. Let's keep going through these. Yeah, so the card network, MasterCard in this case, receives the bulk payment um, for all of these different payments that have been authorized, and then they send it. Next slide. Yeah. They send it to an acquirer. Now, an acquirer is a special type of bank that normally services merchants. Uh, mm -hmm. They'll get this big file of what's due, what sort of money they need to, need to have. Um, they then split it up uh, even further and send it to the correct merchants. So their their job is to make sure all the merchants get what they're due. Um, oh. Yeah. And the presentment stage down. Uh, yeah. There you go. Happy merchant because they've received the money that they should be due. Now, what isn't mentioned in these slides is the time between authorization and presentment is sometimes ludicrous. Now, uh, sometimes it can take up to seven days for it to fully mm. present. Um, so authorization and presentment for seven days, it just it doesn't make any sense in this modern world of, of digital payments, does it? You know, when you're using XRP to settle a transaction completely in what, 20 seconds or no, a couple of minutes? You know, no, XRP is like five seconds. Well, that's it, you know, like, us, us in the blockchain world um, and that, that sort of scene, we're very aware of just how easy it is to, to send and settle, um, you know, instantly almost. So uh, this, this presentment and uh, authorization stage, that can take up, up to 30 days, actually. With, with hotels, it's often 30 days. And this causes a huge amount of issues for the banks because if something happens with that payment process, well, yeah, we could go to the next one. This is just a summary, summary of, of both mm -hmm. paths of the authorization and the presentment process. Now, uh, if any, any part of this process has any issues, then this is just a headache for the, the bank involved. Um, and you've got huge amounts of um, employees dedicated to each stage of where this breaks down. Uh, so you can appreciate that streamlining this and where what is going, uh, you know, with Gil's experience, he'll be very aware of this system in its current form and where it can be fixed. Um, yeah. So he'll have seen this model and he'll be very aware that it needs to be updated. Um, probably one of the reasons that he's gone about what he's doing uh, the way he is. Um, yeah, so that gives you an idea of how a, a card payment actually starts and ends. Uh, I don't think a lot of people have any sort of conception of that. They, they just tap the card and they believe that's the money gone, you know? Um, there's actually a long process in between, uh, which seems very convoluted for people that are in blockchain technology. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't need to be that way. Uh, even Bitcoin was a revolution. Uh, that's that's why financial institutions are, are really seriously looking Two at Two block blockchain. confirmations, 10 minutes. Well, that's it. Um, we can see the practical value of blockchain technologies immediately uh, yeah. within the context of, of card payments. Now, uh, another thing that I wanted to discuss uh, was how retail banks 
fit into this new world of blockchain technology. So some people have said, with, with the introduction of, of DLT and blockchain finance, we will no, no longer need banks, uh, or we, we no, no longer need kind of financial institutions as they stand. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't agree with that. Um, I think retail banks have their purpose. Now, I was going to bring up some examples of where a retail bank has to exist. Um, yeah. So let's say you buy an order off of Amazon. Oh, yeah, that's great. Cheers. Now, uh, let's say you buy something off of Amazon, right? And it comes back broken or it, it just doesn't arrive, okay? Uh, and you have a dispute with the guy who sent it, um, but they're just refusing to help out. Yeah. You have an arbitration process with the bank in that instance. You would go to your bank and say, look, I've made this purchase. Here's the transaction. I would like to uh, dispute the transaction. And they call it the MasterCard chargeback process. It's a well-established complaints, disputes kind of thing between merchants and customers. Now, that, that's a, a huge part of the retail banking that will have to still exist, um, even with blockchain technologies. And a large part of what a, a retail bank does is actually dispute resolution. You know, it's fixing customers, you know, when a customer's made a mistake or when a merchant has made a mistake, they're the go-between. Uh, yeah. they're, they're able to arbitrate and fix the issues there. And yeah. um, so, yeah, so uh, kind of applying that to blockchain, um, it, it was just a loose discussion I wanted to have with you around that, but applying that to blockchain, you know, it wouldn't make very much sense. Um, okay, I'll give you an example as well. Another part of my job is I fix payments that have gone to the wrong bank account. So let's mm -hmm. say somebody's written the wrong number and they've sent a, a payment to the wrong bank account. Now, yeah. there is actually uh, ways to redress that. Okay. Example, Coin Metro just changed their SEPA bank account number. If you are now sending, and this happened to me, money to Coin Metro, and you have like uh, bookmarked their uh, IBAN, and you send now your fiat to that old IBAN, you're technically throwing it against the wall. And yeah. I had that actually with a significant amount of money. And then that money just is in limbo. With the current financial system, you can actually revert that, get your money back. It takes about four to seven business days. It's fucking annoying. But you can actually do that because people are actually um, able to do this. That's it. And, and so, um, yeah, perfectly leads me to my point here. Um, what I was talking about blockchain, let's say XRP, you name it. Uh, a transaction on the blockchain isn't something you can dispute. Let's say accidentally you sent it to the wrong address uh, yeah. with blockchain. There is no institution. There's no, there's no infrastructure there to dispute that. You know, mm -hmm. it's lost. It's gone. Um, one one of the functions of a retail bank is to to arbitrate around things like that as well. So that we, you know, part of my job is to contact the other banks. Say, look, this payment wasn't meant for this account. Can you help us out here and retrieve that money? If, if yeah. I may add a little bit, because this feature is one of the main reasons why Quant Network will be successful yes. with overledger. Yes. Because the people that are opposed to centralization are missing a very important point, and that is that trap by and, and governments 
they need somebody to shoot if something goes wrong. Yes. And if you have a problem with a 100% decentralized blockchain, let's say Bitcoin, for lack of a better example, who are you, who are you, who are you calling if you make a mistake? How are you going to yes. revert your problem? How are you going to address that? What do you do if you have questions? You got to call Satoshi or are you going to go on fucking Reddit or 4chan to lay out your case and see if some fucking anon will help you out on the internet? It's yeah. not going to freaking happen. So that's what one network has with their wee bit of centralization so they can actually monitor, provide customer service, and, and, and they are accountable. They are accountable and they have the option and possibility to uh, address problems compensate if necessary and, and it, 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 it's just like i said before the white glove approach man yeah it's a buffer it's a buffer it's a buffer yeah for sure now um this interesting so when i apply these concepts to quant and the quant business model it's unlikely that quant will, uh, will handle disputes themselves now of course what of course is, is giving us the infrastructure it's giving us the the financial infrastructure yeah. to implement these things but, um, you know, so, some people say that retail banks will no longer be needed. I, I, I do think that there will be a need for them for the reasons that I've outlined just there. You know, mostly dispute resolution, mostly yes. when it comes to merchants. Um, so CBDCs. Yes, and the introduction of CBDCs. Um, it's a mosquito, and it's a big one. Fucking okay, eating you. You're, you're still... Sure, you're in Dublin, yeah, you're still me, hunting man. mosquitoes. Yeah, they're well, it's, going it's everywhere. Because the thing is here, we sleep with the windows open. No fucking mosquitoes oh, ever. We no, don't no. have mosquitoes in Scotland. So no, I don't think it was fucking sucking you dry. I don't think that was a mosquito. I think, I think Jordan was seeing stuff that's not there. That's, that's, that's <laughs> it. He is. <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, I took the wrong bag. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't prepare anything formally. I didn't make like a kind of a formally structured... Uh, discussion topic around this. No. It, it was it's to, kind of, it, it was to kind of explore these ideas with, with you guys as well. Uh, like, no, no, let, let, let me step in here because I agree with you. I mean, <laughs> I, I remember, was it Fronsky saying on yeah. Telegram, hello, I would, imagine people just use, starting to use like crypto and then like boomers like picking up the telephone. Hello, I'd like to phone Ethereum. Yeah. Yeah. How, how's that going to work? Because you can't refer to what you've done. Actually, there's still funding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is the most legit case uh, for Threadfy to still be in existence because people will screw up. That, that's a point we've made multiple, multiple times here on the Comfy Show, yeah. but also in the Dutch, uh, well, in, in our Dutch chat group on, on Telegram, where every time someone steps in, we tell the same story. Hey, you could use a ledger. Uh, but be aware that when you take everything into your own hands, that one fat finger yes. might lose you your complete net worth. So please be yeah. careful when you when you go fully decentralized. When you stay yeah. centralized for a bit, you at least have a company that's responsible for your fuck-ups. Uh, so, yeah, certainly. So it's like Super Mario, man. There's lava everywhere. And if you jump against the wall instead of over it, you go straight to lava. And everything is gone. Now, uh, this kind of leads us nicely onto a discussion about which banks are on the, the front end of this. Now, I'm seeing things from Revolut, 
Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of that bank. Is it? Is it yeah, heard, yeah, of course. Heard, heard of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm saying like these, these guys are taking a very pro crypto approach, which I think is very smart, uh, getting ahead of the, the game. And absolutely, yeah. As I understand it, it's limited to a, a few different products as well. But yeah, um, Quant is on Revolut, by the way. No way. Oh, yeah, it is. That. It is. You can buy cool. a Quantum uh, Revolut. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Good, good. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure it, it might be limited to certain countries, but I do remember that Revolut entered somewhere October 2021, I think. So you really? could buy, uh, yeah. yeah, fantastic. Well, yeah. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, when when we're looking to the future of um, banks and and the, the financial superstructure, retail banks are always going to have a, a place uh, because oh. of this this dispute resolution. They just have to. And, you know, yeah, that abstracted layer of customer service needs to mm -hmm. be there. Such an important point. Who are you going to call, man? Yeah. 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 No, but we said it to say that a couple of episodes back, people are not going to use ledgers. Even if crypto is going to become mainstream or stable coins or whatever, they're not going to use a ledger. They're just going to use a bank account. People don't care. Not your keys, not your coins, man. That's like the, the extreme super minority. Of, of, of where we are in right now and yeah. why would you use a ledger with a fucking passcode and if you die nobody knows where to find it and words and write it down and don't align and it's too complicated well I, I can't say much about it because obviously they're in interbank communications but we are looking at cbdc's and the bank of england has has been releasing documents to these banks um kind of getting them primed for it I think 2025 is when I've seen Christine Lagarde mm -hmm. said that 2025 is when she wants to see a, a digital euro. Yeah. Uh, First in the front of yours, isn't she? Yes. Uh, we, we hang out all the time in the pub. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I, I think 2025 is a reasonable goal. Uh, I think 2023, uh, we're going to start to see it really pushed into the mainstream. You know, the normies need to wake up. Um, we need, we need to give them a, some time to catch up. Yeah, for the CBC thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, man. The crypto as it is right now, man, the landscape's going to change. There's a lot of shit that's going to die. And, 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 the, and the custody solutions, I think, are going to be um, much more prevalent. And that's why I also think that the whole how many coins are on exchanges is not relevant anymore. Um, and, and, and the traditional banks like the INGs, ABN, or Monzo, or whatever bank you're calling, they, they are going to provide the service for you um, to have your crypto there. And it could be technically yours, like it is with Coinbase Custody, um, and that will make things a lot easier. And you will mm -hmm. also have the option, like they're creating a lag chain right now, that you can do everything by phone. And, and, and overledger will be indispensable for all these things, because as you know, all the banks want their own security. They want it all to be closed source and they want everything custom fitted for them. And they do not think about the future. And they do not think about the interoperability with other banks because their competition mm -hmm. and, and, and that climate will change. And um, yeah, uh, super early. We are very early. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, know. I, I look at some of the quant OGs and I think, oh, too, I was too late. No, yeah. not at all. When did you think about it? I started in January 2021. 
And, and I didn't have much conviction. I kind of threw what I could at the time. Yeah. And then just as I did more research on quant, it, it just became completely apparently clear that nothing else was worth my time. Um, so, yeah. Except Kuji. Well, Kuji well, was a, a later. Kuji, Kuji, Kuji. But, um, yeah, no, all in quant is not a meme. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I mean, this 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 is uh, getting pretty interesting. How, how did you enter quant? Uh-huh. Me? Oh, okay. So yeah. um, my, my friend, Sam, uh, he, he had said to me, like, get into crypto, get into crypto. And I was one of these guys that's super skeptical. I thought, like, this is a flash in the pan, whatever. No, it's not going to happen. Flash in the pan. A flash in the pan, you know, something that is, is going to last a short period of time and, and not yeah. last. Or burn the fucking house down. And that's what's happening, isn't it? Well, um, in any case, so he, he was like, dude, like, get into this. You're, you're in the banking industry. You need to see this. And uh, it was actually, he sent me Gil's CV. And that, that's when I perked up. I was like, okay, uh, this is not just moon boy kind of rhetoric. Uh, we're dealing with a serious financial player here. Hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what got, he actually got me into Quant. And then after having got me in, I, I deep dive much deeper than him. So I am now in a position where he asks me about <laughs> having been oh, like, he, he bought into Quant earlier than me, but he now asks me about, you know, updates and uh, some of the, the more particular parts of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, it's cool. interesting. It's, like some of my pals, um, they got into Quant through gaming. So, like, one of them was, do you know, Elder Scrolls Online? Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, uh, some, of the, some of the gaming communities uh, in the early days, I'm talking 2018, 2019. Early days. Yeah, apparently, um, yeah, the gaming communities were really picking up on Quant. And, yeah, I know a couple of people that picked up early because of that. First predictions, 2025. Well, see, I, I don't. I think reasonably, I'm looking at 10K... Well, 2025, I think 10K, 2026, uh, maybe to eight. Now, I know Yarno, 2030? Yarno 2030? is, well, 2030, maybe 30K. I don't know. I want to be a realist here, you know, and I also don't want to be greedy because if I'm sitting with that amount of money, and if, you know. That's a strange thing. We talked about when we were on a hike two days yeah. ago. Yeah. We want to be a realist because if, if Quant goes to 1K, that's just crazy but it's not it's only fucking 14 billion market cap what are we talking about but because it's our potential money it can never go that high so no but, conservative yeah but that's how everyone feels right no that's not how i fucking feel it's risk management like obviously um you'd be silly and greedy to kind of everything overall with one read man yeah I mean, it's definitely got a lot more to go in it. So I was looking at coin market cap and I was looking at the market cap of the projects above us. Uh, mm. And they, they just don't hold a candle to quant. Uh, they just... It doesn't... None the, yeah. None of the projects... It's yeah, none of the projects have even half the substance that we do. So I reckon we've definitely got another 100x in us. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. We just had this brief chat uh, in between while, while the recording was on pause. She didn't notice that as a listener. Um, and we were talking about the generation that David and I are from because we um, uh, entered Quant's late 2020, early 2021. And that generation, we kind of grew up with... Um, well, we saw Quant from the beginning of... Yeah. 
uh, we saw Quant going from like ten dollars all the way to forty. Like it, it was pretty optimistic. It was like, oh yeah, we're going for it. And then we got stuck at, in the forty dollar stablecoin meme. But that actually was in a market where Quant was being overtaken by all kinds of stuff. I remember like pancake swap, bakery swap, sushi swap. Uh, the Doge Elon coin, uh, a cum rocket, cum rocket, baby. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the good old days where cummies went for $27 cents, that was pretty amazing. Uh, I yeah. mean, and, and in the meantime, we were just getting all this FA being spoon fed to us by the community that we were getting all involved in. Now, th- those were insane days, and um, I think that's kind of the, the point you just made also about where we are at position like we are not the, the, the very early ogs we, we we sadly weren't there in 2018 2019 but we did see the company grow significantly and we witnessed a very essential uh element of the company and and well the project where it got like we we couldn't ask gilbert about his dog on telegram we saw it becoming like we saw it mature yeah you, you could but dave and i couldn't yeah, uh, yeah, I actually yeah, had and, a dog. And that, that's all those generations. And we've also had this discussion with Greg Lund. And you just see this this pattern in the community. But I think in the grand scheme of things, we are third, second wave. Not bad yeah. <laughs> in this project. We still have 10 years ahead of us uh, of, of where we will be going. And Ooh, although my, my price predictions are a bit more are a bit more conservative, I think we, we are doing pretty well. Hey, I do have Instagram questions left. And if your laptop is 25%, let's get yeah. there and yeah. then round it up yeah. so you guys can uh, continue your yeah, pub well. roll in uh, Dundee. Well. Okay. Uh, yeah, Instagram is uh, is actually ready for us. So uh, let, let's... Uh, that thing fucking ate through energy, man. I'm charging it fully. Yeah. Well, Instagram questions. This is always fabulous. What, what happened? This is... I've not seen this. Instagram questions. Okay. We also have quant updates Ooh. and quant updates on Instagram that ask questions for, for the episode. Okay, so and we, usually so the level of questioning is pretty interesting. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's I've seen some of them. It's going to be interesting again. Okay, <laughs> um, uh, there we go. Question one. Uh, okay, uh, Jeffy is asking us, how broad is the future of quant in your opinion? Two, five, and ten years from now. I think we've just covered this. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I, I think the next two years are going to be tough anyway because the macro is in a, a super downturn. Like the macro global yeah, domination. Like the global outlook is looking pretty grim. So I think if if quant treads water, I'm not going to be too annoyed uh, as long you know if it goes. Do you, do you think that the utility will give a shit? Well, of course, of course, you've got utility as because well. because that's all in fiat, right? The companies don't even know that there's a quant token behind the scenes. What, what I'm saying is, uh, with with the macro, if it did go sideways, I'm expecting it to go up. But if it did go sideways, I wouldn't be yeah. completely raging. You know. We'll get yeah. That. yeah. Okay. Uh, then someone is asking us, like, is there a roadmap ahead? But I think we we already have a roadmap, right? Or yeah. gateways. I think gateways are. Are the most prominent thing, and we are expecting pretty much a big bang. A lot of us. I think. I think the roadmap that we had last year was was sidetracked by the onboarding of Oracle Flux. Yeah. Do you remember that? I remember there was a discussion in Lounge about this, where they they had a 
a roadmap kind of set up. And I, I don't think they were anticipating the, the number of clients that they were getting in. Um, no, true. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think any roadmap that was in place has had to be kind of pushed back because of that, you know. Huge yeah. numbers of clients coming in. Exactly. And that, that wasn't being explained explicitly, but if you line up the messages from Gilbert and the actual events from 2021, you, you could see that. I mean, their mid-year technology updates, they what I discussed earlier this episode and many times before, they lined up this roadmap of what they were going to do in the well, in the upcoming releases of Overledger. If we continued that logic, it would mean that somewhere at the end of at the end of September, beginning of October, it would mean gateways, and from there on, just one big bang. What happens instead is that they got overwhelmed by COVID, by Brexit, uh, Oracle uh, joining, lots of companies from Oracle, indeed, as you say, uh, needing so much capacity from the team that they couldn't focus on it. It just got overtaken by other stuff, but I think yeah. that in general they they are just focusing on improving Overledger. They, they also released uh, QRC20, yeah, tokenize, as we now know it. Oh, yes. That is something QRC we didn't know. Yeah, exactly. That's something we didn't know during a mid-year technology review. Although we did know in the community that they were probably going to develop a multi-ledger token. That was something that we already were speculating yeah. on, but it made it a reality end of 2021. And at least that's when they announced it. And now it's going live. Um, so yeah, the roadmap just got a bit changed, and that's just with companies stuff changes. So. Yeah. And their internal roadmap will be a lot more fucking detailed and adequate. But yeah, man, just have to wait and see. We're waiting for two point three or yeah. three point man, hoping and, that that's yeah. going to bring the gateways and the decentralization of the public OVN. Yeah, we'll see. And, and to be fair, like if you if you look at roadmaps in other cryptos, it's always like something like we we're going in all exchanges. That's something that was on the roadmap of Quant2 and they delivered. They're now literally in every exchange. In fact, Coinbase is one of their main partners now and Coinbase Custody handles the treasury. So they did a pretty good job there. Okay, the next question. Uh, do you need, do, sorry, do you think Q&T need to improve, sorry, need to improve their marketing? Do we need no. to step up our marketing game? No, no right? No. Yeah. We I, need uh, it. No. no. Let the big part announce yeah, I, I think we're all very aware that the target audience isn't retail. You know, uh, once you get over that, you know. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, oh, and apparently some page on Instagram, that's the last thing, has changed your opinion on Q&T. I remember them being uh, bearish on us and now suddenly they've turned bullish, which is quite what? interesting. Okay, uh, that's about it. Uh, when it comes to Instagram, amazing questions again, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, um, is there anything else, or otherwise I'm going to round it up? Uh, yeah, man. No, let's uh, let's wrap up. Do you have any afterburners? Any afterburners? Things you want to add? No, not really. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, exciting times as always. It's just a waiting game, isn't it? Um, patience. It's, it's the waiting patience. game. Yeah, patience is a virtue. Yeah. Or a waste of fucking time. <laughs> well, not in this case. Yeah. No, it really is. And uh um... Come on. Okay. Guys, yeah, thank man. you so, so much. Yeah, man. I really like this. I hope everybody liked this setting as well. So for the backgrounds in the yeah, is what it is. If you're ever at the kilted kangaroo in Dundee, think of us. Um give them a shout out, maybe wherever you are. Let us know in the comments what you thought. 
leave us a thumbs up. Actually, that might be a good way to shill the token is if we uh, we get them in the, the hashtags on, on Twitter. Um, yeah, might spread spread the word. I've been tagging them a lot, man. Yeah, let's no. let's shill the token, shall we? <laughs> Fucking savage. No, man, I have nothing to add. Thanks so much. And um, yeah, like I said, follow us everywhere. Let us know what think. Yeah. Like, uh, comment, subscribe, follow. Yeah. Push the notification bell. And thank so you so much. You. And we will be seeing you next uh, next week. Or Stay not. Stay comfy. Yes. <laughs>